blue wire. Rosen traded to the Dolphins. I couldn't be more excited to become a Dolphin. Rosen looking down the field, and his pass is going to be caught for the touchdown. Running around, circling. You know, I just keep waiting for there to be a boring week of being a Miami Dolphins fan these days. And we're not there yet. No, we are not. Welcome to Fin It to Win It. I'm Kyle Krabs, your host, the managing editor of USA Today's Dolphins Wire, a lifelong Dolphins fan, and a prescriber to the prospect of the Miami Dolphins trading for Houston Texans defensive end slash linebacker slash whatever you want to call him, he's a game wrecker, Jadavion Clowney. So the news broke, became official, I should say, over the course of the last couple days, beginning of this week, that the Dolphins were in serious flirtation mode with Jadavion Clowney and the Houston Texans. There were some whispers a couple weeks ago that the Dolphins were interested in Clowney and it never really got any traction. It sounded like Clowney wasn't interested in playing Miami, so he pulled out. And then it turns out the Dolphins brass between Brian Flores and uh, several other members of the Dolphins organization actually met with Jadavion Clowney, who is still an exclusive player to the Houston Texans. He's been designated as the franchise tag player. But because Clowney has not signed his tender, he's effectively an exclusive rights-free agent. He's got nowhere to go but Houston, but he can't play until he signs. Which makes the the proposition of trading for Jadavion Clowney obviously very complicated. And I think that's the biggest thing to take away from this news, that the Dolphins are engaged in talks to try and trade for Jadavion Clowney is the Dolphins are engaged in these talks not because they're trying to win this year, but because this is the economic decision to make. You look at Clowney as a player who has played in a Bill Belichick disciple defense. Romeo Cornell is the only defensive coordinator that Jadavion Clowney has ever known since being the number one overall pick for the Houston Texans in 2014. You consider that. You consider the style of defense that Brian Flores and the Miami Dolphins want to play. And then you consider the production for Jadavion Clowney, even though, like, Clowney's not a a 15-sack-a-year kind of guy. That's okay. You don't have to be that kind of guy to be an elite football player. And I think that's the association. So many Dolphins fans look at Clowney's stats. They say, wow, he's only ever had nine and a half sacks a year. How good can he be? Very good. If you watch him play the run, if you realize that he's playing with J.J. Watt, and in the three seasons that both of these two guys have been on the roster together, that Watt has played the full season, Watt is averaging 18 sacks a year. So I'm not going to knock Jadavion Clowney for only having a career high of nine and a half sacks on a defense that has a guy that's almost getting 20 sacks a year. The disruption is there. He is an elite run defender, and you look at the ways in which the Houston Texans have used him, and it's very exciting because it's the same kind of ways that you can envision Brian Flores' defense 
implementing Jadavion Clowney. Stand up in the A-gaps in pass rush situations. He likes to duck inside and loop back outside, come back to B-gap. Really cause some confusion up front. Pure speed off the edge. He can rip and dip on guys. I've seen him turn the corner. He can play down in the B-gaps and stack up offensive tackles and and be a slant and crash defender and, and beat guys to gaps because of how damn quick he is. He's a special football player. Is there some concern about his longevity? Yes. Is there con- some, some concern that Clowney might not even sign here long term? Yes. But here's the deal. This is why this deal makes sense for the Miami Dolphins, because you have options. The Dolphins are engaged in the talks for Clowney because Clowney's market has been sucked dry because the Texans have no idea what they're doing with Jadavion Clowney. The Texans' area of leverage and time to negotiate and play hardball with guys was March and April. The NFL draft window. Now, the deadline has expired. Clowney has not signed his tender, which means you cannot negotiate a long-term contract with him until after the season. Who's going to give up anything of substantial value for that? Texans came into this and said, okay, great, you know, let's... Let's get Laramie Tunsil for, for Jadavion Clowney. And the Dolphins probably told him to go kick rocks. Why, we're going to trade you a, a 2016 top 15 overall pick that's steadily becoming one of the best left tackles in football because you need one for us to maybe have a one-year rental with a player? No, get the hell out of here. And that's exactly what the Dolphins told him. So the price point for Jadavion Clowney makes this attractive, but also... If they were to trade for Jadavion Clowney and Clowney bounces, guess what? The Dolphins have the potential to recoup a third round draft selection in 2021 as a compensatory pick. That would be my starting point for negotiation. Dolphins are not expected to be a good football team, right? Let's just call a spade a spade. The Dolphins will probably be picking inside the top 10 of the 2020 NFL draft. With that in mind, I know the best the Houston Texans can get if they let Clowney walk on their own is a compensatory third, which is at the end of the draft. So I am going to offer the Texans my third round pick and a veteran player. Lamar Miller just went down with an ACL tear. You want Kenyon Drake, who's on on the last year of his contract, and the Dolphins already seeming to gravitate towards Kalen Balaj and his physical running style and a little bit more fullback-type action? Go ahead. Take Kenyon Drake on his expiring contract. You want Kenny Stills, a vertical threat? Kenny, I love Kenny Stills. Kenny Stills is one of my favorite Miami Dolphins. And everything that he stands for on and off the field is an admirable and righteous position to take. And he walks the walk. He's not just somebody who voices his displeasure. He spends his off-seasons trying to make the world a better place and admire that about him. But I don't know how tolerant the Dolphins are going to be of it. Brian Flores claps back with eight straight JC's hongs at practice after Kenny talks out, speaks out about you know, not agreeing and seeing eye-to-eye with Jay-Z and JC's stance 
about protests for racial equality. They had the issue and the blow up with Stephen Ross and Kenny Stills voicing his opinion in that area as well. And then the Dolphins start holding Kenny Stills out of practice. Like Kenny Stills was held out of practice on Tuesday. Nobody knows why. I don't know why. No injuries to know of or report. Writings on the wall. You know, maybe there's something to that. Maybe the Dolphins are, are hoping to move Kenny Stills. And the Dolphins wide receiver situation would allow them to do that. Oh, Houston apparently likes Devontae Parker. Hey, you want Devontae Parker in a third? Go for it. I want to tip the cap uh, to a couple of guys who I know at their root and core are Dolphins fans. Uh, Neil Driscoll, Matt Canada, these guys are, are associated with a football website called Pro Football Network. And they work in close course with uh, Tony Pauline, who's an NFL insider and, and has had a lot of great scoops and information throughout the course of his career as well. And they have been kind of at the forefront of like, hey, Clowney to the Dolphins has legs. There's, there's real legitimacy to the rumors and the rumblings that uh, the Dolphins are, are, are front runners effectively for Jadavion Clowney. And from what I understand from kind of just keeping in tune with their timelines is the Texans like Devontae Parker and the Texans like Kenyon Drake. According to, uh, I believe Neil Driscoll was the one who, who shared that this morning on Thursday. And if that's the case, as far as I'm concerned, you can have both. Because you're not trading Devontae Parker or Kenyon Drake with their contract situations. The Dolphins have a club option for next year, uh, but he's effectively in a contract year as well. Two contract year players, if they don't perform well, potentially being flipped for Jadavion Clowney. And so in addition to a third round pick, I'd give him the third. But Neil seems to speculate right now, Dolphins might not even need a pick. So it's just... The Texans fans are going to be so disappointed when they find out they're not going to get anywhere near what they're expecting to get for Jadavion Clowney. And when that happens, you have nobody to thank but the Texans organization because they've grossly misplayed their hand. And then they fired Brian Gain. Right now, they don't even have a general manager, which actually further plays into the favor of the Miami Dolphins. Why? Who is the the Houston Texans head coach? Bill O'Brien. Where was Bill O'Brien before he was at Houston? Penn State. Where was he before he was at Penn State? The New England Patriots is the offensive play caller for uh, Bill Belichick. Who was there at the same time? Brian Flores. There's a reason why the Texans have only granted the Miami Dolphins an opportunity to sit down and meet with Jadavion Clowney and kind of give him the elevator pitch on this is our vision as a team. We see you as a long-term piece of what we want to do. Come be a part of it. And it's because Bill O'Brien is trying to push this deal in favor of a guy that he worked with in New England and Brian Flores. So there's a lot of variables and factors at play here uh, that, that seem to be advantageous for Miami. Miami's one of the teams that can afford to give Clowney a long-term contract. 
they're in a position as a franchise where if they take the two-year gamble, right? Because you, you can franchise Clowney again next year for $19 million. Clowney will probably hate it. But if he does, there's nothing stopping the Dolphins from doing that and giving him the right to negotiate a contract and get traded for a better return than the worst-case scenario, a third-round pick, Kenny or Kenyon Drake and Devontae Parker. Or you can convince him to, to play on it, like the Texans initially seemed like they were going to, and then try and get him to re-sign again next year. But the Dolphins are in a position where their cash availability is through the roof. They're looking at potentially for salary cap in 2020, upwards of $110 million because they're embracing the Band-Aid effect of getting all these terrible contracts that Mike Tannenbaum signed for this football team off the books. That will probably include the Rashad Jones restructure in 2020. Sounds like he's safe for this year. That includes the TJ McDonald uh, contract extension that they gave him before he ever played it down for the team and was going to be suspended to open his first season with the Dolphins and, and give them two strong safeties. That includes the Ryan Tannehill restructure, which took place in the spring of 2018. And a year later, you got to bite the bullet because there's absolutely no forward thinking with this franchise. I mean, guys, I I really want to drive that home. That is the philosophical difference that the Dolphins are making. The Dolphins are not saying, hey, we're not good. We need to get worse and suck and fail into the first pick so that we can get a foolproof player. It doesn't work like that in the NFL. What the Dolphins are saying is we need to change the way we build this roster. And if that means we have to take two steps back before we could take a step forward, so be it. That's what we'll do. And that's what they're doing. And that's why they're engaged in Jadavion Clowney. Because players like this are not available on the open market for a late day two pick and a veteran player or two especially when those veteran players are expiring contracts. The Dolphins and their long-term need at pass rusher and a dynamic presence on the defensive line would be stupid not to pursue Jadavion Clowney. This is the right move for the Dolphins to make, and I'm excited that they're aggressively pursuing it. There's no guarantee that they're going to be able to land him but they're making the right moves. They have the right mentality. This is the right kind of buy for the Miami Dolphins because he should not be available at this price. And because he is, that's why Miami's in the game. But before we dig any deeper into the Jadavion Clowney situation as it's unfolding in Miami and who some of the competitors are for his services, I want to talk to you guys about today's sponsor of the show. It's a brand new football season. Antonio Brown is on the Raiders. Le'Veon Bell is on the Jets. Nodell Beckham is in Cleveland. One thing that hasn't changed, where I'm putting my money down on all the games. My bookie is the place to bet on football every weekend. Our Blue Wire podcasts are using mybookie.com slash bluewire to sign up this year. My bookie has better bonuses and more prop bets than any other sports book, period. This year... They're hosting the first online handicapping super contest. First place is guaranteed to win at least $100,000, and it only costs $100 to enter. All you got to do is pick five NFL games against the spread every week, 
to climb the leaderboard and score your share of the huge cash prize pool. MyBookie has live in-game betting on every NFL game. They've got the most rewarding player perks in the business. And for you fantasy guys out there, you can even bet over under on how many fantasy points a player will score in each game. Visit MyBookie online today. That's M-Y-B-O-O-K-I-E. And don't forget to use the promo code BLUEWIRE and when, when creating your account to claim the bonus. Bet, win, get paid. Clowney's trying to get paid too, right? And believe it or not, I think that's another reason why this plays into the hand of the Miami Dolphins and why I think this is a situation that can work and the Dolphins can make this work if they get Clowney on board with what their vision is as a team. Remember, this team was fixing to try to sign Trey Flowers this past March in free agency. Ended up going to Detroit. I think he got a five-year, $90 million deal. So five years, $18 million average per season. Significant amount of guaranteed money. It's a scary contract. But remember, the Dolphins, if they would have signed Flowers, also would have compromised the 2020 third-round draft selection that they will be getting in 2020 for losing Jawan James to a record-setting contract to the Denver Broncos in free agency. So your price, wait for it, is approximately $18 million a year and a third-round pick. What's my proposition again to the Texans? Oh, right. A third-round pick. And you have to pay him comparable money. But Clowney, in my opinion, is the better player. I think he's more dynamic. I think he's a little bit more versatile. I think he's more explosive. Flowers is probably a little bit more of a traditional, like, base end is where he's most successful. Clowney... Move them all over the place. Split out like nine tech, tilted tech, off the edge, uh, down in the B gaps and four I and, and five tech, uh, in the A gaps, off the ball as a linebacker, outside linebacker, off the ball as a blitzer. You can do so much with Jadavion Clowney. And Clowney will get paid, make no mistake. The question is will he go somewhere that he's going to? want to commit to long-term. I think if Clowney had the experience of playing in Miami, he'd probably enjoy that experience because the Dolphins are going to put him in a position to no longer be the number two to J.J. Watt. They're going to give him the opportunity to be the guy, to be the featured guy. The only problem is the Dolphins are not supposed to win in 2019, and they probably will not. They've got not not enough depth, they got a question at the quarterback situation. And all those things combine to say, well, this team's probably going to win six, seven games. Last time I did a 16-game pr- uh, prediction a couple, two months ago, I think it was, I had him at seven wins. I might come down off that number a little bit, even if Josh Rosen plays well. But there's other teams in play here that will threaten the Dolphins' ability to finish this deal because, honestly, Jadavion's going to be at his own luxury here. He's going to make this happen at his pace and nobody else's. Nothing happens until he signs his tender. The Philadelphia Eagles are a team that Clowney has reportedly expressed interest in. 
and the Texans reached out to the Eagles. The Seattle Seahawks are another team that Clowney is reportedly interested in. And the Texans have reached out to the Seattle Seahawks. But the Texans are not done vetting their options. They've tried their luck with Houston and the New York Jets, according to Aaron Wilson of the Houston Chronicle, who's been another name during this saga that has been a constant source of information. He's the first guy that shot down the Texans' dreams of getting Laramie Tunsil. And it was enjoying, it was enjoyful for me to read through the Twitter comments to that, in which the Texans fans essentially said, well, if we're not getting Tunsil, we better be getting Xavier Howard. <laughs> nah. Like I said, Houston's in for a rude awakening, and they'll have their own lack of general manager and organization to thank for it. None of the talks with those other teams have advanced. And the Dolphins seem like the team that is most consistently committed to making a deal happen. So what needs to happen to get there? Clowney first needs to pick an agent. Uh, he fired his agent, I believe it was a week ago today. And the way the NFL policies and rules are is you are not allowed to sign an agent for five days after firing your agent. So Clowney was unable to sign an agent until this past Tuesday, two days ago. He's now eligible to sign, and as you can imagine, every single agency in the league is probably tripping all over themselves to throw themselves at Davion Clowney because they know the big payday is coming. They know this is a great opportunity to step into the forefront and resolve this issue for a potential client who's going to get a $100 million deal, potentially. So Clowney has to vet his options, and then he has to sign his tender. And there was a report yesterday that said Clowney is willing to let this thing bleed into the regular season and miss regular season games. I cannot expect that that will go very long. Because you're losing a lot of money every time you miss a football game on the franchise tag. A lot of money. And while a lot of money may not be of a primary concern for Clowney if he knows he's going to get a long-term contract out of this, he has to play out this year. He has to play out 2019 on the franchise tag before he can proceed. So this may drag out another couple weeks. I hope not. But the good news is if it does, it further tempers down the value that the Houston Texans can reasonably ask for, for Jadavion Clowney. How would Clowney impact the Dolphins' win-loss total this year? It's a question I was just asked. It's a good question. Does he make a game-changing play in, in a game? Potentially. Will the Dolphins be in close quarters for a lot of football games? Yes. But I think the youth and inexperience on the offensive side of this football is a bigger hindrance to having success. Two rookie guards, Preston Williams potentially stepping into a prominent role. The team's probably going to cut Dwayne Allen. So your most experienced tight end is going to be Nick O'Leary, but you got Mike Isecki and Durham Smythe as second-year players. You're going to have a second-year quarterback eventually under center in Josh Rosen. 
Kenny Stills may be on the way out the door. You know, there's there's just so much inexperience that I think you're going to get inconsistent results on that side of the ball. And the Dolphins are going to be good defensively anyway. You'll get some more organic pass rush, but the Dolphins are going to be an aggressive defense no matter what. Like, no questions asked. This team's going to blitz. They're going to feed off confusion. They're going to bring an extra man. They're going to bring uh, overload blitzes where they they prompt the offense to shift or slide protection and, and then come the other way and drop all those bodies off into space. That's how Brian Flores has, has really made waves as a play defensive play caller. That's what this team will do. And I think this defense will surprise. But this defense is going to be left out to dry because they're going to get some three and outs, more three and outs than the average team. They're going to get short fields with mistakes and fumbles. And so it might win you an extra game. And winning an extra game might cost you three picks in the draft order. And like I said, even with Miami's good defense, I don't think this team picks higher than 12th. And if you need any evidence that a team can get a franchise quarterback you do, while picking in that area of the draft, you do not need to look any further than what the Buffalo Bills did in 2017 and what the Philadelphia Eagles did in 2016. Think about it. The Bills were another team that was quote-unquote tanking. They, they traded Sammy Watkins and Ronald Darby in August before the season started in the first year of Sean McDermott's tenure with the Bills. And they went 9-7. and seven. They had like a negative point differential. They couldn't move the ball to save their life, but they played tough defense. It's a blue, very similar blueprint to what you're going to see the Dolphins implement this year. But the Bills had a favorable schedule, and they won nine football games, made the playoffs, and lost to the Jaguars, who would go on to lose to the New England Patriots in the AFC Championship game, like 10-7 or 9-6 or some stupid score. And the Bills took a veteran player in Cordy Glenn and their first round pick, which was like 21, and they traded up. Then they traded up again on draft night, up to seven, and drafted Josh Allen. The Philadelphia Eagles were a team that, quite frankly, would mirror a lot of what you've seen the Dolphins do as far as building a solid nucleus on defense, and especially if they end up landing Jadavion Clowney, really having an established core and nucleus on defense, and then trading up with the Dolphins, giving away two players in Byron Maxwell and Kiko Alonso to move from six or 13 to 8. And then again, trading up to 2 to go get Carson Wentz. There's more than one way to do this. And like we said earlier in the show, I'm going to make us suck so bad we're guaranteed to pick first. There's only one team in the NFL who's ever done that. And Sashi Brown lasted like two years and was fired. Did it work? It worked because of who they brought in behind it. And it worked because of how much capital they were able to supply So if you want to follow the Sashi Brown method, you're not taking 
Tua Tagovailoa or Justin Herbert with the first pick. You're trading out of the first pick, and you're getting two sec- or two first-round picks in 2021. You're getting three third-round picks or second-round picks this year, two second-round picks next year. That's the method that the Browns implemented with the quote-unquote tank. You can't strip this thing down to bare bones, willingly suck, and then flip the switch. And you saw that even with the Browns. The Browns have so much talent. They had talent the year that they went 0-16. Baker Mayfield comes in, and the team stinks until you get rid of Hugh Jackson. You know, at some point, that much losing is bad for your, your locker room and your head coach. And the Dolphins do not want to do it that way. They've never wanted to do it that way. But the new blueprint for finding a franchise quarterback is you build the roster and then you give up the picks necessary to get the quarterback last. Or you give up the picks and extend the time it's going to take you to build out your roster in front of it. The Dolphins have options and Jadavion Clowney will not ruin the Dolphins' potential to turn this franchise around and get a a franchise quarterback, even if he does help them win a game or two. Because the offensive side of the football is not in a position where it's really going to thrive unless Josh Rosen thrives. And if Josh Rosen thrives, guess what? You don't need a quarterback to begin with. So let's take that pick and spend it on something else. Hope you guys enjoyed today's episode of Fin It to Win It. Last preseason game today. Enjoy it. 53-man roster cut down by Saturday at 4 p.m. Come back and see us again next week.